This episode of the Last Drinks podcast is sponsored by Zekas Skin. Zekas Skin specializes in high quality men's skincare products that not only benefit the health of your skin, but also support men's mental health. Use discount code LASTDRINKS25 at checkout to get 25% off all Zekas Skin products. And if you wish to support the show, you can now donate via Buy Me A Coffee. That's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash last drinks. All donations will go to keeping the show running and thriving. We greatly appreciate all the support we've received from our fans and followers. Now sit back and relax and we hope you enjoy this episode of the Last Drinks podcast. Flow into a conversation about all the fun stuff about being addicted to the fun stuff Hello, dude, it's so much fun stuff dude it's honestly the, the most fun yeah yeah that's why we just couldn't stop doing it yeah yeah no, i'm telling you like I, it, it really took a lot for me to stop having fun you know mm, yeah uh, the sacrifices we make you know <laughs> life's just boring nowadays dude yeah <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, this is the Last Drinks podcast. I'm Will Hitchens, and joining me today from his car in California is Jesse Calvillo. Hello, Jesse. What's up? <laughs> so, I want to make it clear I don't live here in my car. Um, this is mm. just where, this is where I'm doing the interview. <laughs> uh, like, this is how bad it's got. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, I figured the best place to start the interview is at rock bottom. You know, so <laughs> so we're good. We're good. It was good. Yeah, you only up from here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, I mean, we've had a bit of a history since we both used to create content on Vine, that old OG social media video app, and that's where we've remained in contact from. And you've obviously continued that on with other social medias, creating um, a lot of skits, a lot of comedic skits, comedic skits with like yourself, but then also with your two brothers, Brandon and Greg. Um, and then also I remember stuff that you did with your mum and dad as well, which was always hilarious as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a good, a good family unit you got there. We like to have fun. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but even like back then, and I mean, back when I was on Vine, I mean, this is what 20, this was 2013, 2015. So I was, yeah, like my drinking was progressing heavily throughout that period, but you were going through your own stages of um, experiencing addiction. Um, so yeah, it's been, I guess it's been a long journey for you a lot longer than myself. So, well, before we get into that, like, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, hmm. I'm going, I mean, I'm definitely going through some stuff. Uh, I, I took a pretty bad injury uh, back in 2019. That's been like a, a pretty uh, gigantic hurdle for me uh, to try and cross. But um, besides that, I'm doing all right. Uh, hmm. Sobriety's been like it's it's been in a pretty good place. Uh, definitely not doing heroin anymore, which is always a good. It's it's a it's it's, a, it's good to be able to say, you know. Uh, yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, because I guess I don't. I mean, I've I've seen that you've posted bits and pieces about your journey, but I don't really know. I guess the full in depth of it and that's what's brought you here today to perhaps enlighten me a bit more on your journey to today. So like, I mean, what sort of things, I mean, you, you've already mentioned heroin. So, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's, that's, that's the big boy. Uh, that's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually the one that like anyone that's in like taking drinking and drinking and taking drugs will go, Oh, I do everything, but oh, heroin's just or like meth and ice in Australia. It's like, Oh no, I don't touch those. But then, it's always just like 
you start with one thing and then it just spirals into like, oh, I'll just smoke some weed. Oh, I'll just take some pills. Oh, I'll just do some coke. I'll oh, now I'll just do. Yeah, it's, honestly, like, that's how it went. Like, it, no. it's on, I, I've always been the kind of uh, guy that like I never said no to anything, which has kind of been my, mm. my problem, you know. And yeah. I've always been like the try everything once kind of guy, and that even applied to fucking heroin. So, uh, by the way, mm. am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, oh, it's right, fine. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, It'd be rude if you didn't. Yeah, because right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that will happen for sure. It's just mm. how I walk through this world. Um, I mean, I don't know if I want to do it like chronologically. I just I started like smoking weed and uh, drinking mm. when I was like 13, um, and by the time I was like 15 is when I started taking like painkillers, stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically remember being like in fifth grade, I broke my arm and, uh, they gave me morphine in the hospital. And I remember in fifth grade getting morphine thinking like, holy shit, this is like one of the best feelings in the world, Mm. you know? So young, young, I got that feeling. Uh, Mm. and, uh, so it just kind of led me to opiates. Um, I've always kind of like uh injured myself you know i've always broken bones i've always like i've been just in and out of hospitals just because of stupid shit and mm. um always wound up with just opiates and uh yeah just kind of a natural progression like you said um by the time i was like 18 was when i started doing heroin uh the way it was introduced to me i had a i had a friend who was kind of the one that was like supplying me with pills from the streets. And Mm. he, he basically just told me like, he came to my house one day. He was like, Hey, I wasn't able to find any pills, but I was able to, the way he described it, he, he, he said a bunch of words just like in order to not say heroin. He was like, (laughs) he was like, yeah, I like, but I was able to find this. It's basically like a synthetic goopy opioid that that you can snort and i was like that sounds like heroin dude uh, <laughs> and uh so no 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 it's cool it's cool dude i was like dude you can just say it's heroin i'm still gonna do it like, I'm not, it doesn't matter mm. um so yeah i just i started just started doing it and like once once the heroin was introduced to me like a shit went downhill like pretty fast mm. um and that's when vine started too so i was like the first like a year and a half of vine i was basically just like on heroin trying to make funny skits just like yeah Yeah. it's pretty bad um i like i sometimes like i go back to like old vine compilations that'll be on youtube and stuff and i can just point out like oh yeah i was fucked up here i was fucked up there like (laughs) it's it's pretty gnarly i I looked bad too i was looking bad uh yeah what's the feeling like being on heroin oof trigger warning <laughs> trigger, trigger warning. warning for anyone listening is uh yeah. no honestly like um it's like tragic to say but it, for me it uh it was the best feeling that i've ever had in my life mm. and um i've never like come close to like feeling that like through yeah. through natural shit you know mm. like yeah um i can do like all the self-help shit in the world i could uh experience love i can I can be having a good time, but like, there's always like that hole in me where I'm just like, fuck dude. Like, I just know that it doesn't feel as good as heroin. Like, and Mm. it's, it's such a fucked up thing to say, but, um, 
it, I don't know, dude. It's just you get like really light in your chest. Every, like all the pain goes away, um, and it's it's an adrenaline rush even before you do it because you know like you're mm-hmm. you're risking your freedom. You could get in trouble. Uh, yeah, and um, it's scary, like filling up a needle and like getting ready to like poke yourself and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, mm. it, there is like, it's, you get high even before you do it. Cause there's like adrenaline that goes into it. Uh, mm. and, um, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a crazy feeling. And, uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I didn't think that I would ever like wind up fucking addicted to, um, IV heroin, but, yeah. That's, that's where that's where I wound up. I wound up there fast mm. too. Uh, yeah, this is like a progression thing because I've I've heard from people that yeah, like like you were describing, like even getting addicted to the whole method of injecting it and like rolling up your sleeves and finding a vein and and then you hear stories who've who've been like I guess intravenous heroin users for so many years, just finding new veins and then injecting in all different parts of their body because. Um, or is essentially because you can do it in other methods, but like that seems to be the best method is the just direct into the bloodstream. One hundred percent. It's it's actually funny because uh, I went I went to rehab the first time uh, in like 2012, uh, <clears throat> and I was there basically just for uh, smoking heroin and snorting heroin, uh, mm. and I told that to the people that like were in rehab with me and they were just like whoa dude you've been wasting your money by not shooting it directly (laughs) into your arm like the only thing that i learned in rehab the first time was that i should be shooting heroin (laughs) (laughs) uh so i got out of rehab and that's the first thing i did (laughs) Mm, Uh, yeah yeah but yeah yeah because i mean you were talking about i mean certainly the the experience is like nothing that you've been able to find like just in just in regular sober life which can be a difficult thing because yeah like i certainly have struggled with that like literally i like last time i can feel like i remember like a euphoric state i had was i did a mushroom ceremony with a mate last year and then that so it's like so i have to fucking take something else to just get that fucking that's what i'm saying dude uh, it's yeah it it, it just sucks like it's a it's a it's a tragic tragic feeling you know Mm. Uh, and like it's almost like saying that you're better off being just blissfully ignorant of what the experience is because then once you have it, then it's like, fuck, it's hard to, it's hard to get anything else to compare it to. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to see why, yeah, like people can get easily hooked on it and just keep going down that rabbit hole. And you've already said, you've mentioned, yeah, rehab and um, the first time where you only learned that you should go shoot heroin. So uh, did you, have you had, a few visits to rehab then? Yeah, I've had two. Um, the second one did it for me, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was more uh, pressure from uh, the law because I, I, was, I was in a lot of trouble with the law. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, what had happened was, like, I got back from uh, my first stint in rehab and I just started shooting heroin and I was doing that for, like, a while. And... Um, that that all kind of came to a head this one night where um i was i was shooting heroin with like a bunch of friends at at their house and everyone planned on staying there that night 
uh, but not I. I was like, I'm going to go home. And so <laughs> uh, not even just on heroin, though, like I I took a bunch of Xanax and I very irresponsibly got behind the wheel of my car. Uh, mm. And uh, I took it's funny because I had a truck at the time. But I didn't. I didn't want to waste gas. You know, I like to be eco-friendly. So I asked my mom to borrow her Prius, and uh, I, I, I fucking, I crashed her Prius. Um, it was like very thankfully on an abandoned highway at like 3 a.m. So mm. there was like I didn't hurt anyone. I obviously could have, which I fucking like. I hate just knowing that. You know, like mm. that that shit bugs me a lot. Knowing that I get genuinely could have like fucking killed somebody that night, um, but I I was just lucky enough to crash on an abandoned highway. Um, mm. I rolled the car a few times. It was basically I basically just overdosed behind the wheel of the car. Um, yeah, and that's that's the only reason I didn't die was because like my body was like relaxed I guess that's what that's what the paramedics told me um yeah like if I had been like tensed up I I for sure would have died um Mm. but like if you were to see like the the picture of this car I think I have it on Instagram somewhere like it it, it makes no sense that I survived that shit dude like Mm. that car was thrash uh yeah, yeah. Priuses don't have a lot of like structural integrity. It, it, just, it was like it, mm. it crumbled up like a piece of cardboard. Uh, yeah. And so uh, it took it took a while for anyone to even find me because I was I was uh, crashed uh, basically upside down on the freeway for like twenty minutes before someone even came across the the, mm. the crash and they called the cops. Uh, and the paramedics they came and got me uh they found my backpack full of heroin and xanax and uh they saw my arms just covered in needle marks and they're mm. just like all right so here's the deal we're taking you to the hospital for a little while and then you're going fucking straight to jail dude uh, mm. and that's what happened um and what culminated from that was me having a choice of either uh, a year in jail or an 18 an 18 month sobriety program uh Mm -hmm. like being on probation going into rehab um drug testing like four times a week uh counseling therapy just like I, i basically got i had the option of either going to jail and not and not learning how to get sober just spending time in jail and probably just doing more heroin when i got out Mm, or or fixing myself uh yeah and so i chose to fix myself and um that program definitely like saved my life uh because i just i just yeah i just learned that i saw a lot of people in the program uh not able to finish the program they would always relapse they would always Mm. you know it just and then they would eventually just drop out of the program, go to jail. And I was like, dude, like I'm going to have, I just wanted to have more resolve than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I was able, I was able to finish it and basically just stay away from heroin from, mm. yeah. Cause yeah, like it was that kind of like, I mean, as we talk about, we always say that there's a wake up call moment or there's a rock bottom moment. And I guess the choice of jail and, um yeah like a rehabilitation program i mean some people would just 
some people in an addict's position because you're like, all right, well, I can just, I'll just do the program and then just do that. I'll just coast through that. But then once it's done, then I can just, all right, I'll just go back out. But for you, was it something that's like, no, I think I need to, this, this is serious. I need to make a change now. And then that's when you've gone, okay, well, let's, let's do this program. Yeah, definitely. And, and just throughout the whole, like, uh, 18 month program, I just, I was just realizing like how much better of a person I was when I'm not fucking Mm. shooting heroin into my arm, you know, like Mm. I was able to, uh, build better relationships with my family. Um, I wasn't a fucking just like asshole all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I had more patience. Uh, I was working on myself and it just felt good, dude. Like I, it felt good to just be doing good. And yeah, I I just, I know I like to do good nowadays. That's just how, Mm. how I prefer, how I prefer to live. You know, I lived a a lot of uh, years, um, in my life as just a fucking intolerable asshole. Like, someone you did not want to be around or hang out with and yeah just felt felt good to just completely fucking change that dude mm. yeah um i can totally resonate with all that for sure like wanting to be a better person wanting to be a good person because yeah like if you've spent so many years just um in a way destroying yourself and then that projects onto others and your behavior so i'd love to know like with the program what what sort of things were involved um, with that? So I guess you got like, I guess you talked about like therapies and um, you going to like AA meetings and when they said like, I guess what was in the program itself? Yeah. Um, doing the, the steps I did AA. Um, I, I mean, I should have been in NA technically, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kind of resonated with AA just cause it's like a bigger program. Um, Mm-hmm. It's the original program. You know, they're the ones that like made the steps and the steps are the same in NA as they are in AA. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I was always drinking too, you know, like when you read the book of Alcoholics Anonymous and you can, you can literally just replace like every time it says alcohol with heroin and the book doesn't, mm. the book doesn't change. It's the same shit, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's what really gave me like, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like still do it. Uh, I'm not in AA anymore. I don't, I'm not like actively working the steps with a sponsor and stuff like that, but it gave me such a strong base of like sobriety to where mm. I just, I never like stepped back into what I was doing after that. Uh, yeah. but, um, I did, I did go to jail multiple times in that program because it is very easy to go to jail in that program. It's, it's incredibly strict. Um, if you show up even five seconds late for a drug test that's fucking three days in jail um oh wow yeah and that happened mm. a lot uh if you if you have too much water in your pee when you go to take a drug test um they call that a diluted test a week in jail uh <laughs> wow. yeah dude it's, it's brutal uh so you can't even be hydrated yeah, dude, I t- <laughs> like at, every night before i had to go take a drug test i would uh I would drink nothing but Coca-Cola and I would be eating just like sugary snacks just so like my, my pee in the morning was just like dark orange, you know, it's like, I just, I need to have the most unhealthy piss when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, it was, no, it was a crazy program. It was a lot of anxiety. Um, I couldn't, I, I, I went to jail one time because I went to the aquarium 
out of county. I wasn't allowed to leave my county, and I, I didn't re- mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this aquarium was like just outside of my county. And so mm-hmm. my probation officer went through my phone and he saw pics of me like petting stingrays at the aquarium. <laughs> and he was like, all right, you're going to jail for three days. Uh, uh. <laughs> and I was like, what, dude? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's so lame. Uh, I was. I, what are you in here for? That, I'm, I'm petting a stingray. That happened, dude. I'm telling you, because they kept they kept me uh, they kept me in maximum security because uh, that's where you go initially when you first go to jail here in Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. So they put you right in max, and then they move you accordingly to like minimum or the even less than that uh, later on. But because I was only going to be there for three days, they were just like, fuck it, let's keep this kid in max for the three days because we don't want to spend the time or effort to move him. Uh, mm. And so I was I was in maximum security in a pod full of like 100 people that were all there for like violent armed crimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just wanted to uh, pet a stingray or two. And it, <laughs> it, it was, I felt, I felt like a bitch, dude. I felt like a bitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was that that program was very rigorous, uh, and I was so happy to get it done. I had to like write, mm. a, I had to write this long ass speech and present it to this. It, it was just like a, a huge graduation ceremony, and um, I never like accomplished, like I never finished anything like that, uh, mm. like that hard, that tough. That was like one of the toughest things I ever did in my life, and. It was it was a, it was a cool accomplishment. Like it sucked to go through, but to but it was dope to get through. Hmm. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself for that because it sounds yeah like a a rigorous thing, especially yeah with the the looming. If you if you fuck up at any moment, you, you're off to jail. Yeah, dude. And if it's maximum maximum security as well, just like yeah, um, not ideal. Yeah, no, I got I got held in a a holding cell for three days because they one time they didn't even want to waste their time giving me a bed so i Mm. I spent three days um laying on concrete with a roll of toilet paper as my pillow uh Mm. in a just a cold hard room and my back hurt pretty bad after after that stay um Mm. so yeah it was just shitty and (laughs) just glad that shit's over with struggle to strength as they um like to say but I guess, I guess, like from doing the program and then reflecting on what led you down the path of, of, I mean, taking heroin, was it just a progression? Just oh, well, this, if you're in an environment of everyone else doing the same thing, and then it just progresses, or where did you find that you were using for particular reasons? Um, was it anything like that? Um, yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot of just like just like injuries and like pain, uh, physical, physical pain was always like a huge, uh, setback for me whenever I would, I would try to not do drugs. Um, but I mean, just like, um, depression and anxiety, obviously like, you know, specifically anxiety, dude, I've always had really bad, uh, social anxiety, uh, just anxiety in general, uh, to the point where like I would, I'd throw up if I'd have to like go do something that I didn't really want to mm. do, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, drugs, drugs just made that shit go away or not, not yeah. go away. It was just a mask, but you know, it, it mm. masked it pretty well. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's that, that, that was a huge, uh, contributing factor to, 
to my drug use definitely mm. um yeah it can be, it can be an easy yeah like tool for people to jump onto especially if if you're experiencing something like that where it's it's that severe it's getting to a point of like yeah like you're gonna throw up and then this thing where you just take it and then all of it goes away instantly you're like oh that's easy yeah, it's like, i'll just keep doing that thing like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, i feel like superman right now all right let's go yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. uh was your was your problem mostly alcohol yeah okay so i was just i was just full-blown alcoholic like i took drugs i the the last i never got to like taking like heroin or ice or anything i mean i i'd smoke weed i it was usually like because i just wasn't around people who were doing drugs all the time we were all just piss heads yeah. as we say and it's like alcohol drinkers right. and so if someone brought like pills and i was already lit you're just like oh yeah we'll give it a go yeah and yeah then, definitely um if um, I had a few experiences, I guess, with taking cocaine as well. Um, I mean, there's a few stories with that. But, but yeah, like it was alcohol because of how convenient it was for me. That's just what I ran with, really. Yeah. Um, yeah I was just, I've said before that I was quite lazy with my, if I was to become a drug addict, it's like, oh, fuck, I've got to find a dealer. I've got to go meet him. I've got to go pay. I've got to, it's like, hard. It's I can hard. just go to the bar. It's hard work. Here. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard work. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I totally. I, I, yeah, I feel that. Um, mm. If I, if I like couldn't get drugs, I would just, I would fucking just drink a bottle of Jack Daniels. Uh, mm. Like I, I had, to, I always had to be on something. I was never like not, yeah. not on something. Uh, mm. So yeah, the alcohol is very convenient because they just, they just sell it to you. They're just like, here's, here's mm. this. Enjoy. You know, it's, it's mm. nice. Yeah, well, especially like I mean, the last time I was in America was twenty, what was it twenty fifteen? Like I was on a four month, four I think it was four month, three months in America and a month in Canada, and I mean that was just I was all over the place, and I mean like in America, like you sell alcohol in Seven Elevens, you sell it like it's a lot more like here in Australia, like there's designated like liquor stores like you guys have liquor stores as well well the funniest one i remember was being in like i was in like east new york like where i soon learned that i was like i'm starting to notice that i'm the only white person around here and <laughs> i end up in this liquor store that's essentially was just like a hallway and it was bulletproof glass and you know like to get the liquor it was through like a you know a little slot and they slid it through and they had to slit the money and i was just like <laughs> wow this is wild it was just and it was just like a hallway like because it was all like you're in a hallway and then it was all bulletproof glass and then the other side it was just there's just liquor bottles everywhere and i was like oh yeah we'll give you this and that. hell yeah <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that honestly kind of sounds like a bit of a drug deal in a way yeah uh, so no, yeah, but yeah, yeah it's... like it's only like the convenience of it i mean it's still I mean, I, I went through a phase, especially by the end of my drink. Like I knew where all the bottle shops were. I knew what time they opened. I knew what time they closed. So I was just like, all right, well, I can get to this one. This one's open later. Like, like you said, you know, especially if, if it's, in, if you have the determination and the motivation to get what you want, like you'll, you'll do it. Yeah. And that's how powerful the addiction is. hundred percent. Wow. What, what mm. was like, uh, what was your realization that you needed to get sober? Um, well, I had a, I had an evening, like I was like, I was over, I was overweight. I was getting gout. I was like my skin, apparently my skin was going yellow as well. Mm. And I was having insomnia, so I wasn't sleeping and my mental health was just all over the place. I was, 
just yeah just i was getting to a point i was drinking every day i didn't have a job like my life was yet just falling apart and basically i had a i had a i was drinking to pass out and then one tuesday morning like i like we've got like a i'm trying to i can't remember what the but it was less than half a gallon i would say of like rum is like one of the um popular spirits here back where i'm from in my state so it was like two bottles of like 700 mils it's like nearly like a liter and a half i had in one evening Damn. so <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll, i mean that'll get you drunk if that's what you're going for yeah, yeah. well that was it because it was just i just the more like to get the hit you just needed more and more and more and that was just the progression and i would think oh well i'm not as bad as my friends because i think that they drank a lot and then i realized i was drinking way more than everyone else <laughs> So I just, yeah, then I just had a, I just had a light bulb moment and just asked for help from my mum. And then she came over the next day and she's just like, pack your shit. You're not staying here anymore. And then I was in a rehab within like 48 hours. So then I was in there for six weeks and that was, that was the start of, I guess that was yeah 2017. So that was the start of my, I guess, journey to where we are today. And I've had one slip up since, which was in 2019, I went to Europe and relapsed in Europe and then just it all fell apart for about six months and then I quit again just before COVID just on my own and so it's been over three and a half years I guess what three oh no just about three years four months now okay so, hell yeah, yeah dude congrats yeah that's badass yeah, that's, that's badass <laughs> yeah. uh what was uh yeah. what was the rehab like for you did they were they like preaching program or uh there was um so they they take you to AA meetings like twice a week as like an an option. I just kind of went in and thought, all right, well you've got nothing going for you. You've got nothing outside. I had nothing on the outside. Well, let's just go ham on everything in here. So there was lots of sessions, and it was a it was a hospital mixed with people with I guess mental health issues. So you're mixed in with people with anxiety issues, depression issues, um, and then. They were usually in like different areas of the hospital, but like it wasn't like one of these rehabs where, you know, you're up at 6 a.m. and you're out fucking working a sweat and like they're punished. It's kind of like a weird punishment thing I've heard some of them do. This is pretty sort of like a hospital and, you know, I'd go in and they'd give me Valium and vitamin B shots to try and prevent me from having seizures because that was the first time I learned that, oh, well, if you've stopped drinking after heavy drinking for so long that you can get seizures and die. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Alcohol, alcohol is, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's literally one of the worst, like, things, like, one of those dangerous things to just quit. Mm. Um, yeah. It's that that and, uh, like, benzos, like Xanax, like, yeah. stuff like that. Like, that shit will kill you mm. if you just try and stop. Uh, mm. So, yeah. And um, that's cool, though, that you're able to get a, a medical detox. That's kind of how the first uh, rehab that I was in was. Um, mm. the, the second one that I did was kind of like the torturous one that you were talking about. Mm. Like you weren't you weren't even allowed to have books. They like they took you they took everything away from you. And the only book you were allowed to have was the AA uh, book. Mm -hmm. And um, you get like a, a phone call a week. You get like a visit every two weeks. Um, mm. Yeah, dude, it was just like they really they really like cut me off from everybody and it was just like like you said you know it's like while i'm here i might as well just do what they're telling me to do you know because yeah. like, i got nothing else going on the fuck i'm gonna do just leave and just go to jail like it's mm. so yeah i just <laughs> i just really like just honed in while i was there uh it was just, it was it was it was good for me it was a good place mm. yeah like i just got 
yeah, I just it was it was the right time for me because I know that sometimes people end up in those spaces and yeah, it can not be they're not ready or they're just because I like you meet you meet like I met plenty of people where like it wasn't their first time they were multiple returning customers yeah. and I just thought yeah you kind of just think like which it's not meant to look down upon that or like look that is a negative thing because they're still trying but for me like I don't know if it was just like uh, I'd I'd rather if I can get everything I need out of it and not have to come back because when I relapsed I was like fuck am I gonna have to go back to this thing again and do it all over again like I didn't really because that's I mean when I did relapse I didn't tell anyone back home and I was on the other side of the world so I felt I could kind of hide it, I guess. I kind of hid it for a bit while I was back because I was back living with my parents. But then when I eventually just stopped on my own and then um, progressively worked to do the things that... Um, so we got like a helicopter. Yeah, dude. I think they found me finally. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think they're passing over. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're not hovering. Yeah, that went. Yeah, that's all good. But yeah, so like after I'd done all the... Um, things that I thought that I needed to work on. I mean, the last one for me was just being around people drinking and just being okay with it, like sober, because that used to make me uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, then I did that and I was just like, well, yeah, what do I need alcohol for? And it was just, and then eventually over time, the whatever urges I had would just fade out. Because I like the last relapse for me, I was just like, yeah, I got, I got, I got the message. It's not any different. It's going to be, that's what it's going to be like. If I want my life to be like that, that's what's waiting for me. So I, no, I want my life to be better. I want my life to be in a different direction. And so that what's, that's what keeps me away from it. And I don't have any, you know, if people can live a life with it in their life, um, more power to you. But I'm always just kind of weary of just like, you know, if you get rid of it, your life might be a bit better. That, no, <laughs> definitely, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see, like, because I, I got a family where uh, I got I've never really seen like drug and alcohol use go well for any of us. Uh, mm. Like we we definitely all have that kind of uh, addictive personality, and I get jealous when I when I see people who can like control their shit. You know, like mm. the people who can like do everything like responsibly. Um, I usually. When I when I when I start doing stuff, I I, I go off, and uh, mm. so yeah, it's it's typically a lot better for me to just kind of stay away from from most of the shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to like I'd look I'd walk around and I'd look at a group of people in like a bar, and they're all like chatting away, they're laughing, they're having some drinks, and you I'd I have some envy. I'm like, ah, oh, that that looks nice. That would be great to have that to be able to do that and not go just all over the place and just go out of control, but I just realized that, well, you can still have that. Like the drinking in that is not necessary to that image. It's you've just connected. Well, these guys are only having fun because they're drinking and they could just be having fun. And then like the drinking's just like the extra spice to it if they if they choose to. Yeah. And I quite enjoy the fact that if I'm in a group of people and no one's drinking, it's, it's, it's better because you can have more in-depth like connected conversations and actually remember it the next day. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> always nice. It's always nice. <laughs> I'd be interested like with your family because like I mentioned that you had um you got you got, you got your mum and your dad and then you got your brothers and then I think I saw the like have you got like a younger sister as well? Yeah, I've got a baby sister. Um yeah. she's she's from 
uh, my dad and my stepmom. So she's technically a half sister. Um, mm-hmm. but we're a Mexican family and there's no such thing as like half sisters or shit like that. You know, <laughs> it's just my sister. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, she's, she's turning 12 actually on Wednesday. Uh, she's been growing up fast. Um, but yeah, no, I've always, I've always had a big family. Uh, mm. recently actually lost, uh, my uncle to alcoholism, uh, Mm-hmm. which was pretty shitty um but he had he had like uh diabetes pretty bad and he just that wasn't even enough for him to stop uh mm. so i've you know i've literally seen fucking alcohol kill people uh, i my grandma died of an overdose uh when i was mm. really really young so it just it fucking runs in the blood dude yeah, because yeah. I was just, yeah, like how your family navigated um, you at that time, especially, I mean, learning that, because I wouldn't have known before that, that, yeah, you would like during those early days of when we used to create on Vine that you're creating skits with your brothers, but you're on heroin the whole time. So um, have you had, had conversations with them on like how they felt about it during that time and what they, you know, what they thought about it? Yeah, um, I would say uh, Brennan my my little brother he's he's mm. he's the one that you know he's got he's got the most clout on the internet he's the most famous uh <laughs> he he got the he got the worst of it because um yeah. we lived together for a little while and like that was like when i first started shooting heroin and he uh he would just he would see me at my worst um and it was just it was bad dude like i i would i would snap on him i would get really angry uh he would like question if I was, you know, on shit and I'd be like, fuck you, you're a bitch, you know, like mm, just for no, yeah. for no reason. Um, mm. and, um, but like, as far as the rest of my family goes, they, they, they saw concerning behavior, but I was never really around all that much. I tried not to be, mm-hmm. I, it was, you know, it's kind of a buzzkill when you're, when you're trying to be high, but you're around your family. Cause you know, you know yeah, yeah. and I uh, I was able to hide it for a while. I I like to consider myself a hell of an actor in that regard because uh, <laughs> I I was able to hide it up until like I told my mom like yo I've been fucking doing heroin and I need some help. Uh, mm. That was that was the first time that I went to rehab though. It wasn't the car crash because once the car crash happened, they were uh, they were like okay you're obviously you obviously you <laughs> you need some fucking help. You know? Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely they they didn't they didn't like it very much, <laughs> mm. um, and mm. uh, they're very grateful to have me like the way that I that I've been. Yeah, like I can relate to that with my because my parents, my parents and my brother and my sister all experienced different waves of my excessive drinking. I mean, like I, my parents eventually gave me an ultimatum of like, well, if you're going to keep drinking, you, like I was living at home, like, well, you can't live here anymore. So I would tell them, okay, I I won't. But what would end up, because I was, I think this is when I was working as an Uber driver. So I would just say, well, I'm going out working for the night. And if I didn't feel like working, I just parked the car down the street, would have bought some alcohol, got drunk, went out, come back to get, go back to my car and then drive my car drunk back up the street, up into my fucking driveway and then pass out (laughs) in my bed. And then the next, because then they think, oh, he was out working all night, yeah. you know. So that's why he's, he's sleeping in today. But no, a lot. Some of the time I was just yeah, just really hungover, and then I'd always be 
try and be my I guess if my parents would follow me I mean my mum was more on, my mum's on social media my dad isn't and just be mindful of um I guess what I, if I was posting stuff but when you're drunk you end up just now ah, just post whatever oh yeah just... oh yeah <laughs> yeah dude there's so much evidence of that even on my fucking Vine account that's fucking still there I'm, I I've had looks at it and I've even got like a compilation or two on YouTube and I'm like Oh fuck! So much of it, I'm just like shit. This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I, if I, if I ever, if I ever became like successful and they wanted to cancel me, this is like just go look at that. Uh, dude, just check out my Vine comp. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've thought that many many times, dude. Uh, mm. Like obviously 2013, like 2014, that was a that was a very different time when it comes like when it came to mm. like shit that you could say. Uh, yeah but being on drugs didn't help at all you know mm. um yeah like i mean i i mean I, I always use the excuse oh well like drinking helped me be creative so oh, i need to drink because you know it sparks my creativity which again is bullshit because i was always creative it's just and then a lot of the stuff i did create when i was drunk i look at it the next day i'm like oh this is terrible this is yeah. <laughs> this isn't funny at all this is garbage yeah, dude. and i posted yeah. that on the internet for everyone to say oh, yeah, and they, they, when, so once it goes on the internet it's there forever too because i guess yeah like i mean even talking about because i mean i don't know how many i mean people are listening because vine yeah was was literally like the first kind of video app like they're so i mean now it's tiktok and instagram and facebook they've all just basically taken their own version of what that originally because yeah like i remember when i first saw it i was like six second video i was like video is like what because instagram was still pitches at this yeah point, yeah like, they haven't that's... yeah uh, vine was yeah. the first uh mm. and yeah dude it was i mean it was a crazy time uh people that was that was when people were like really like just getting famous for like mm. they'd post like just a few vines and next thing you know they're just they're they exploded in popularity uh mm. And, um, yeah, I never, I never really thought that being on heroin, like helped my creativity. Um, mm. I always felt like it kind of stunted it a little bit for me because like, I literally couldn't stay awake to make videos. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so every time I did, I was just like, just doing my fucking best. Uh, mm. and I started, I really started making my best stuff when I was like sober. Cause like, mm. that's. I kind of tap into my brain when I'm sober as a, as a means to entertain myself, uh, yeah. And create in, I've, I've always created selfishly. Like when I'm creating something, I'm doing it. Cause like, I need to, like, I need to do it to occupy myself, um, mm. to not be, just be having like idle time. Uh, I only post like shit that I, I thought was funny. Like I never really wanted to cater to anyone else. Like I wanted to do shit that made me laugh specifically. Um, mm. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was fun. Mm. Yeah. I always, I always liked your humor. I liked the humor, especially, I mean, some of the dynamics, yeah, with your brothers. I mean, the one I remember recently was your video with Brandon on, it was the Jinx one and just how perfectly like, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Stop jinxing me. It was just back and forth. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it, took, it took work, dude. That, yeah, yeah. A lot of takes. That took a lot of takes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Brandon and I, we have uh, really good chemistry that, that translates well when we, when we work together. Uh, and it, it's always been like that. We like, 
most of our best videos, like a lot of his best videos are like stuff that he did with me and pretty, pretty mm. much all of my best videos are stuff that I've done with him. Uh, yeah. And it's a, yeah, we, we have similar minds when it comes to, uh, collaborating uh, just in general. Uh, he calls me to, you know, like refine ideas, um, stuff mm. like that. So we're, we're always working together. It's, it's, yeah. it's, that's, that's basically where we started bonding. Cause, um, I was always doing drugs, um and mm. there was brandon's brandon's like been sober like he's never he never started experimenting with like weed or pills or anything uh mm. he was sober for like most of his life and i just was not so we had nothing in common uh mm. and we didn't realize that we had like shit in common until we started making videos together and that's that's mm. like when like our relationship genuinely started to grow uh like a mm. lot more and you know, it was cool that was cool yeah it sounds like like you, you went sort of down different paths but you found common ground in this um in this creativity space with yeah, a lot of the content that you guys have created together and i think that's great because yeah a lot of it's really yeah it's really funny it's really entertaining um and yeah like with vine like to think of like to think of like how big like even like guys like fucking the, the Paul brothers like they were they, they started on Vine and look where they yeah, are yeah dude it's insane <laughs> it's insane yeah. Uh, yeah and even like just to think about like the like the people that um just like completely eclipsed me in popularity because like I remember being like bigger than like some like people and that they just went on to become fucking like celebrities you know. Uh, mm. Yeah, like people that I would like make videos with or like hang out with, and now they're just like fucking. They're mm. just like in a different yeah. stratosphere. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah, like I remember because I used. I remember that time I was doing these little like caricatures. I remember doing that for a lot of people. I'm sure I would have done one for yourself, and I think you and Brandon. But like I had an email, one of my old email accounts, and it was from David Dobrik. And he wanted one, and I was just like, to think of like, oh yeah, who's this guy, David? Do and now he's like one of the biggest YouTubers. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> when when David uh, came to LA for the first time, he, uh, I I had more followers than him at the time, and like he hit me up, mm. and he like he just said like, you know, I like your stuff. Let's let's make some videos together. And so we were all just like, we I I did a bunch of vines with David. Uh, Mm. And yeah, no, that's like that's what that's one of the ones that's like craziest to me is he's just literally fucking celebrity status. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I remember like at one point um, I was interacting with Jake Paul because Jake Paul accused Brandon of um, stealing an idea from him. And so mm. it was just like yeah. I was beefing with Jake Paul at one point, you know, and yeah. like <laughs> and then, now now I got, you know it's 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 just yeah. crazy yeah i i always because I, what i liked there was quite a community aspect to it even though like i was you know on the other, i guess the majority of the creators i mean especially the ones that i was in contact with were all in america um but there was like a community aspect to the whole thing and everyone was just yeah happy to just come and create things with one another and obviously they like to look back on some of the humor that was for that time and you look at it now and you're like oh, i think we've probably evolved beyond some of this stuff oh yeah the such such and such be like videos yeah yeah no just... a, lot, a, lot of it, a lot of it really did not age well uh yeah <laughs> it just doesn't but yeah like, does not hold up but that's what i because yeah when i came to america and then i would just end up if i was in a city 
And then I just like, oh, who's in this city? Oh, such and such is in this city. And then I just uh, hit them up. And then it would either we'd meet up, go for lunch. Some would even just like come stay with us. We'll go out. Like, you know, they'd offer their homes to me. And it was just, um, it was a really nice um, accommodating experience that um, even though that like I was going through my own shit with being a being an alcoholic through and through and how whether I was, you know, on my best behavior a lot of the time um as you know it would remain to be seen but yeah i always just i remember even like i remember one time i was staying with um i think two creators in la and then we went to like i like i went to a party in la with it and like the whole room i was just like this i know this person i know this person yeah. <laughs> like i follow all these people yeah, it's wild. and even i went to yeah i think i even went to there was one there was an improv night with a bunch of viners as well and it was um like I think I remember, like I think there was that, or the, the the girl that dated David Dobrik, that Lizzo was it? Is it Lizzo? No, was no, it, Liz, it wasn't Lizzo. Lies. No, not not Lizzo. Lizzo's the Lizzo's the big the the African American singer. Yeah, no, um, David and Lizzo. Li- Liza, Liza, wasn't it? Liza, Liza or something. Yeah, Liza. Liza. So I remember me. Yeah, and then like the Gabby show, and I was like. Oh, this is. <laughs> this is <laughs> they all just hung out together, like like everybody. Yeah, and like it's mm. actually kind of funny because. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was going through my shit as well uh, back then, and uh, I was a little shithead when it came to the the community in general. Like I, mm. uh, every time I would like go and do hangouts, um, I would I would get confronted and be like, "Hey, dude, I heard you were talking shit on Twitter," you know. And I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I don't even remember if I'm being honest." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, apparently, I talked a lot of shit on people. Uh, mm. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. You know, so i guess it happens yeah like especially we're all we're all a lot younger back then and you know easy to just react to things i mean i've certainly would be prone to that just instead of all right assessing the situation and then responding or just just reacting straight emotionally because you you're feeling some sort of emotion in the moment especially if you're drinking then all right well this is just going to come out like word vomit straight away yeah yeah I think we're, we're all. I think we're all um, capable of that, and we've all probably done stuff like that. But if we can learn from it, you know, so be it. We've just kind of gone down memory lane for me and you with the uh, the, <laughs> with the stuff with Vine. But I'll bring it back to uh, just your journey. So, are you like after the, completing the program, have you been just sober ever since? Um, not like hundred uh, percent. I started. Mm-hmm. I broke four years of sobriety uh i think that was in 2018 was when i lost my sobriety um Mm -hmm. i just started uh smoking weed and drinking basically uh and uh smoking weed kind of became a problem again for me uh Mm i i started isolating a lot um and uh and it, I didn't really stop that up until recently. Like I, I, I quit weed uh, like almost six months ago, uh, and that's mm. that's the longest I've had since I lost my sobriety. Um, mm. So it feels good not to be doing that anymore. Um, but I have like I've uh, the past like month or so, I, I drank a couple times, uh, mm-hmm. and um, it, that's been something that I was able to do casually actually for uh yeah. like um as long as i'm not drinking at home in my room by myself like i'm doing pretty okay um like i can mm. go 
to a party uh, with people and like have a couple shots and like not be an asshole and not black out, you know, mm-hmm. and like be okay. Um, it's if I, it's if I'm like in my room just drinking to like forget or, or like to, to not mm-hmm. feel that's, that's when shit can go bad for me. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't been doing that at all. Um, but nah, so I, it, it's not, it's not been like 100% sobriety for me, uh, since, since mm. I, I lost my initial sobriety. Um, but it hasn't, it hasn't like escalated into like a, a problem basically. I'd say and yeah, it's yeah. always something that I'm like keeping my eye on too. Uh, mm, cause it's like, yeah. I never, I'm never like the the way that I see it, I'm always going to be running away from a needle. So, uh, mm. like I, I can never get too complacent, like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I always know that I need, like I need to keep it in check and, mm. and it's always something I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Um, but yeah, it's very seldom that I do anything now. Uh, and it, it feels mm. good. It definitely feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the important thing to take away is how self-aware you sound about it all. And, um, it's certainly like people, like I've had a few people I've chatted to recently and I mean, they're starting their journey with if they're quitting alcohol or exploring sobriety and, you know, they go a couple of months and then they have, I don't know, yeah, they have a slip up and then they're like, they can get disheartened and they're like, oh, I fucked up and like, you know, be, be really down about yourself. And I just try and, and point out to them, well, you had the first couple of months and you didn't touch, like you, you've got all this period before that. I mean, even for myself, like I had two years and still fell off the wagon, but now I've got another three years after that. Um, and it's not really even about how much time, because you can meet people who've, you know, you can meet dry drunks that are bloody 20 years in and they still haven't evolved. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they're just miserable. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can, it's not really, I mean, I think counting the days can be useful. And I think if it works for you, um, go for it. I mean, it certainly worked for me for a time being, but then it got to a point where like, you know, all I really think about is like the, just, I guess the sobriety, I've got two, I guess I've got two sobriety dates and those are just reflection periods. So like I first got sober June 20th, 2017. So that one's coming up. So that'll make me six years on this journey. And then my now one that I use is February 1st, 2020. So um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's finding your own rhythm with it. I mean, for me, I just kind of decided I, d- I just would rather just not touch anything. And now, um, I mean, like, I mean, I did do a mushroom ceremony last year, but it, again, there was a tension with it, like to, with a group of people, like it was all set up in a way. And it wasn't like, oh, have a lot, have as many mushrooms as you can and fucking yeah. z- zone out for the afternoon. But, um, and I haven't really had, I haven't had that much appeal to do it again. Cause I guess, I guess it was to to be presented with things and then nothing really presented itself. I'm like, oh, was this is just a goof in the in the forest for the afternoon <laughs> or um, is something else supposed to come up? And then, but um, so, yeah, like if you, and I think, yeah, like back to you, like where you've discussed, like, yeah, like if you can have a couple of drinks and it's not an issue, then yeah, go for it. And yeah, you've, you've, you've outlined like, well, if it's, if it's out with people, that's good if I'm if I'm at home on my own trying to escape that's when okay that's when alarm bells start I think it was like like how you said just like I got to be cautious because and mindful because it can always lead back to the needle yeah no, I'm <laughs> always running away from that needle that's that's just how I feel because 
like I'm always thinking about it. Like, I mean, there's hardly ever a day where like I don't feel like doing heroin would feel great. Um, especially mm. since uh, I took my injury, uh, uh, it's I, like I'm I'm in pretty bad pain every single day of my life. Like mm. I never get reprieve from pain uh, at this point in my life. Um, I am going to be in physical therapy for the rest of my days on this earth, uh, essentially. And, uh, it hurts a lot. And that, I guess that's been like one of the things I've been like most proud of is that I haven't, uh, started doing heroin again, because like, mm. that was always one of my biggest things was physical pain. Like I, I always felt yeah. like I needed to do it to not be in pain. And this is easily the most pain that I've ever felt in my life. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's the most pain that like most people would feel in their lives. Uh, it's, hmm. I've had multiple, uh, orthopedic surgeons tell me that it's like the worst shoulder injury they've ever seen. Uh, like hmm. in all of their days doing, being a doctor or whatever. And, uh, that's not always fun to hear, but, um, no. you know, I had, I had multiple surgeons turn me down and tell me that they can't operate on me because like my shit's way too fucked up. And like, they didn't even know what to do to me at that point. Uh, yeah. Can you tell, do you mind telling us what happened to your shoulder? Yeah. Um, so I, I've dislocated both of my shoulders collectively probably about like 20 times. Um, I've, mm -hmm. I've always had really just fucked up shoulders in general. Um, I've had surgery on both of them prior to this. And um, basically what happened was I had already had surgery on my right shoulder and uh I was uh, I was walking down some stairs uh of this like kind of like mansiony type uh Airbnb over in Hollywood Hills uh mm. it might have been like Beverly Hills or something like it was just it was just nice but the stairs were so fucked up uh it's like one of the first things that Brandon and I commented on we were just like we saw the stairs and we were like whoa dude these look like fucking dangerous stairs. Like these are like, they, they didn't have like grip. They were just like sleek paint. And like most of them weren't the same size. Like one would be like way taller and then one was shorter. And then, uh, it was, it was raining that night and, um, I left, I was walking down the stairs and I slipped and I went to go grab the handrail with my arm to like keep myself up. So I didn't like fall like straight on my ass. And, um, like the impact of me falling while holding onto the handrail basically just like ripped out all of the prior like surgical repairs that I had while also like snapping like my humerus bone. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, I think it did something to my clavicle too. It like dislodged my clavicle. Uh, it's a bit of a long story that I can make shorter. Um, mm. but <clears throat> that happened right when COVID started. Uh, mm -hmm. so I couldn't get help for a while. I, yeah. I needed emergency mm. surgery right when it happened, but <clears throat> they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it for me because everything was locked down. And mm. so I spent like a month in my room with my arm, just like falling out of place in bed. Like it would just, yeah. it would just be falling out. Um, and it, it got to the point where I had to, I had to go to the hospital, um, after it fell out because it fell out and then it wouldn't go back in. And, uh, when I went to the hospital, 
they did emergency <clears throat> emergency uh, surgery on me there, but it ended up being like um, malpractice that I just I never mm-hmm. ended up like suing for. Uh, but um, they they nailed my arm down in a really fucked up way to where I couldn't like my arm was pinned down and I couldn't move it for a year. And I was doing physical therapy for about six months um, before my physical therapist was like, dude, you are making no fucking progress. Like you need to go, you need to go see the doctor again and see what's going on. And so I went and I saw the doctor again, they did an x-ray and they're like, yo, you need, you need to stop physical therapy immediately because I have no idea what Mm -hmm. this doctor uh, did to you. Like, I have no idea what's going on with your shoulder she was like showing me all of like the metal hardware pieces that I had installed. She was like, I don't know why this is there. I don't know why that's there. Like this dude fucked you Mm. up is what basically what she said. And yeah, um, I had to, I had to like find a doctor that would completely, uh, rip out my entire shoulder and put in a prosthetic. Uh, so I had to get my whole shoulder replaced. Um, and that took about another six months uh, to find a doctor who would do it and my insurance would cover. Uh, so I spent I spent about a year just like completely paralyzed in my arm, uh, not being able to move it before I had um, a surgery that was done. And it's the, the surgery that I had done is like it's meant for 70, 80 year old people. Um, it's not meant mm-hmm. for someone my age because you have you have yeah. to get it. Uh, replaced again in 10 years and usually people you know older people don't make it that fucking long and they don't need that they don't they don't need that second replacement uh yeah and so apparently the second replacement's not going to be as good as this one and um this one's not good at all uh so i've been in i've been in physical therapy for like two years uh just constant pain basically just kind of looking at being disabled for uh the rest of my life uh and uh i'm just i'm doing my best to take it in stride because it fucking sucks ass dude uh it's it's really like it's but it's the hardest thing that i've ever gone through in my entire life at this point uh Mm. and uh yeah, it's it's just rough. It's affected everything. I can't do like the shit that I used to do. I can't exercise the way I want to exercise. Like, I can't mm. run. It's too high impact. Like, you know, I, I really can't do shit um, without being in pain. And it's it's just it's affected a lot. And I'm I'm just kind of mm. just kind of doing my best to fucking try and just be strong every day. You know. This is this is yeah. something that I'm definitely taking one day at a time. I'm trying not to look like too far into the future because it's mm. it stresses you out. Um, so I'll just I'll get through every day as it comes to me. Do the physical therapy, be in pain, and just do my best. And that's yeah, that's a, that's, that's basically uh, how I'm how I'm living my life right now. Yeah, it sounds like a really tough thing, and yeah, I got to commend you for being strong with it. Because I guess the question would be do you get offered like pain pills or you just like, I can't take them because of, I guess. So that, that, that's definitely something like I, uh, I usually, I don't, I don't get them all the time, but when I do get them, mm-hmm. uh, I, I take, you know, what's prescribed. Um, and I do it strictly for physical therapy, like the days that I have physical mm-hmm. therapy. 
because uh, yeah. it, that's it, honestly like it's not it's really not possible for me to do it without um what the doctors give me um and have like a good session uh because mm-hmm. it's it's so much pain to push through uh and if i'm not pushing as hard as i should be then then i'm not mm-hmm. making the progress that i need to be um so I, ha- I haven't been able to do it. Like I've, I've done surgeries before, um, without using pain pills and like, it hasn't been a problem cause it hasn't been as painful as this. Um, but this is something that like, like I know for sure when I do physical therapy, like I'll need it every once in a while. And, uh, it's just always just, just keeping an eye on it, making sure that making mm. sure that I'm not taking like seven or eight at a time, you know, like I, like I used yeah. to, um, and uh just yeah just really just not just not abusing that's that's really like the biggest thing um when i first hurt my arm and uh i was basically paralyzed after that first surgery they uh they had me on something called suboxin which which like isn't a normal painkiller it's like it's usually something that people take to withdraw from heroin um but they just put me on that and they were like, just, just take it. And, uh, like that shit kind of drove me insane. Uh, like mm. that, I've, I'd never like taken that before and it, it didn't do good shit to my brain. And so after that, I just, I've, I've just known like, just fucking just keep an eye, keep an eye on everything. Um, mm. yeah, but yeah. Um, just trying to stay away from heroin. That's, that's always, that's, 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 <laughs> the, that's the number one thing for me, dude. Like my, <laughs> my my life's over if i were to ever fucking put a needle in my arm again so uh mm. yeah yeah you just gotta stay away dude so i guess do you have because i mean i mean that's a lot to go through with yeah experiencing pain from an injury that doing all the physical therapy trying to do it one day at a time um which can be good i mean that's kind of in recovery even where they tell you to focus on one day at a time because yeah, like thinking about the future a lot can be can induce your anxiety and you expressed you've exper- you know you've had issues i guess um problems with that so do you have any other things you do to help i guess alleviate some of like your anxiety i mean like with your social anxiety is that that stuff still prevalent in your life or? uh yeah yeah definitely uh still deal with social anxiety um it sucks because um usually exercising and working out um i always used to uh, i like to box i like to kickbox um stuff like that i can't do any of it anymore um so yeah. my anxiety piles up a lot because i can't i can't go on a, if mm. i'm feeling anxious i can't go on a run and like get that runner's high um there's there's just a lot that i can't do and so anxiety anxiety piles up um so my my social anxiety has definitely like affected um relationships in my life um like as of recently because like a lot of the times i don't want to like i don't want to do anything because i'm i'm in pain you know like if i go Mm, out and if i try and hang out like i'm just i'm gonna be in pain um i only have like this short window of time where i can go out and um not be in so much pain that I need to lay down. It's like, I have like maybe three hours where like after that, I'm just like, fuck, I need, I need to lay down. Uh, so Mm. like there, there, there is like 
a lot of anxiety when it comes to um, being social and uh, especially like meeting new people and they ask, you know, like, so like, what are you all about? And, you know, I, I don't want to be like, oh, fuck, dude. Like my life kind of sucks ass right now. I'm not going to lie. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. You know, I like to be more of a, a positive guy. Uh, but mm. yeah, it's just, you know, it's, I hate, it's telling the story over and over again to new people that I meet, uh, stuff like that, telling them why, like, I'm kind of disengaged and everything, like why I'm like clutching my shoulder as I'm trying to like socialize, stuff like that. It's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot to handle. Um, Mm. and, uh, I'm just doing my best every day. That's just really all I can say about it, dude. I'm just constantly trying to do my best. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've been chatting, um, the past week or so, and, um, you'd been, you'd had some, you had some times where you were, um, going through some stuff and so we've we've been rescheduling so that you could be yeah putting putting your mental health first and i mean you did mention you went for a hike with your brothers um so i mean that that's another thing that certainly i've gone and done like hiking is can be can be really just getting out in nature so oh yeah is a is a really good um is a really good tool and yeah like it can be tough especially like you know doing something physically active like like for me like if i if i was prevented from doing that i know that i would struggle with that for sure so yeah to have like all these things cut off that you enjoy doing but you physically can't do them anymore would be a really tough thing to go yeah through. And even uh even work like i can't really work anymore um so mm. like you know my, my you know money is not that great it's there's just like a lot of stresses adding up from from this injury uh and it's 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 just crazy and uh, and going to going to work used to be something that would train me socially you know because i'd ha- i'd have to mm. go out i'd have to talk to people and i'd be earning money yeah. i'd be feeling good um i i i liked keeping busy um and uh mm. so now i just have to like find different ways to like get out of the house and uh like not be in pain while i do it uh so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just trying to strike a balance there because being being in the house is definitely like not good for my brain. Uh, you know, yeah. just that's that's where depression and anxiety just, just breeds. It just it just piles mm-hmm. up. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been crazy, dude. That's all I can say is it's it's been absolutely insane. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to spend especially like during like what i call the spicy cough season where you know, like everybody was at home and not doing anything what's where a lot of mental health issues like skyrocketed because not only yeah we're all in our homes and then a lot of people might not have been in even been in homes with other people they're just there on their own and they can't communicate they can't see anybody like there is even if our a lot of our communications these days are online the human interaction between people is vital and necessary. I mean, one of the worst punishments they can do to you in prison is just put you in a room on your yeah, own. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. So, uh, uh, um, it's it's kind of funny though, because when like when all like the lockdown stuff was happening, uh, I, I was bedridden from my injury, so like I didn't even I, I couldn't mm. get up like. Uh, And so I didn't even really like notice that we were basically in quarantine locked down because I couldn't move anyways. And I was, you know, I I was going through something like personally way big, way bigger than all that shit. Uh, So Mm. it it was just, it was, yeah, like 
quarantine was a little easier for me because I, I basically was in a situation where I couldn't fucking do anything uh, anyway. Uh, mm. If I wanted, if I wanted yeah. to, I couldn't leave my house. Uh, so yeah, it, it was wild. I want to bring it back to because you mentioned, um, well, you mentioned to me that you did spend some time in AA, and I did as well. Um, and I got to a point where I just, I kind of, I kind of used it as a tool, and then when I kind of got to a point where I thought it's done everything like I never did the steps I kind of done bits and pieces of the steps here and there in my own life but um I never really properly did them um what was your experience yeah in AA because I guess I really we haven't really had that many guests that we've had who've gone through it and actually yeah like gotten sponsors and um, you ran some meetings, uh, I believe you told me as well. So what was your experience with that? Uh, it helped, it helped me a lot. It definitely helped me a lot. Um, mm. it gave me a sense of community. Uh, it made me, it made me feel like I belonged somewhere. Um, mm. uh, they, they held me accountable. Um, uh, doing the steps, like, uh, my, the, my, the biggest problem that I had with AA was it's very like, um, God influenced, and you know that's that's not mm -hmm. that's not yeah. necessarily like my thing you know like mm -hmm. um but you know they i was able to kind of just bring myself to believe in like a like a higher power you know it's not necess it's not necessarily yeah, yeah. god but there's something you know mm. um so that that mm. was always like that was the biggest thing that was tricky for me was like the like trying to get like spiritual like borderline religious in a way um mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, dude, like the steps, like I like highly suggest that for uh, like people who are trying to get sober, because that's a you really take um, an in-depth uh, look at yourself. Like you really like take inventory of what's going on inside of you mm -hmm. and like your past and stuff like that. It, it helped me realize a lot of things about myself. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was it was incredibly beneficial for me, like uh, even to this day like having done the steps like thoroughly and not just like run through them. Like, Oh, I just want to get the steps done. Like, like I like genuinely mm. took my time. I got a sponsor. I called him every day. Um, I got to the point where I was like, I was running meetings. I was doing public speaking. Um, it just helped. It helped me a lot. Um, mm. there, there's no yeah. way around that. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that, that, that was how I got sober. Definitely. It would mm. like, yeah, I, I would have struggled a lot had I not done the the steps and uh, just like really like plunge myself into it. Uh, mm. It was nice, yeah. Because I think, yeah, I mean, like for me, what I struggled with was the higher power part of the steps, but I never, I guess, I never got to. I was deciding on a home group, and then like I was seeing a psychologist that I. Uh, was mine in rehab and he we had a conversation and I was talking about oh yeah you know like I'd been going for a year I did the no I think I did the 90 days 90 meetings in 90 days okay. and as they they recommended I was like okay we'll just do that and then my yeah my psych said oh how's it all going it's like yeah I think I'll just go to a home group I think this will be my home group and I'll just you know get a sponsor he's like well do you want to do that? And I said, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? So it's like, well, you don't have to. And I thought, oh, don't have to do it. And then I just kind of talked yeah. out of it. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like it just, because it was getting to a point, I, I, what I've, and I've certainly noticed with a lot of uh, uh, different communities and groups that I've been, like it serves a purpose. And then at some point I'm just 
like I don't know if it's if it's done everything it needs to do and then I need to move on to something else so that's kind of and that's why like I do recommend it to people to try it out but I think people can be a bit weary of it because there is a there can be a religious aspect to it and I think also the labels like you know like well I'm not an alcoholic so why would I go to AA and it's like um, like I certainly when I was in the thick of the mess of, of alcoholism, yeah, like I would get up and say, I'm a recovering alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic, identify yourself. But like these days, like I don't identify with it because like I don't drink, like I mean, I don't plan to drink. I mean, I, I'm 100% comp, I, I swear, like I'm not going to drink again, like as much as um, like I have no desire to drink again. So I figured that the label only fits if. I was to drink again because yeah like if I drank again yeah alcoholic here here he comes but um you know and then you know even back to you were talking before about when talking to people it's it reminds me of when people ask you oh why don't you drink and then it's just this oh you know what do you tell them do you just you know just you ease them into it or you just dump all this information on them straight away and sometimes I just go I'm a I just go I'm a recovering alcoholic yeah just take it covers all bases you know yeah And a lot, of, yeah, and a lot of time they're either just like taken back, or some of them just get interested, yeah. and you know, then you, um, and then I guess that just leads into the stuff that I'm doing now, and then they're just like, oh wow, that's really really cool to do. I respect you for it. It's like, yeah, okay, keep drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take that shot now. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely will always uh, identify as like an addict um it's just it's mm. kind of it was kind of drilled into my head like there's really no such thing as like a former heroin addict you know there's just there's mm. just a heroin addict that's not using heroin right now uh yeah and yeah, yeah so like i because like i said you know it is something i always have to keep an eye on like doing heroin always sounds great to me um mm. although i will mm-hmm. say like nowadays i don't even know if heroin exists because um i know it's all just fentanyl now and you you just mm. die as soon as you take it yeah <laughs> like you're just you're just <laughs> buying a lethal injection uh and mm. so yeah no i like it i don't even know if like the drug that i used to do exists but um if mm. it does you know it, it's it still sounds good to me every day um so yeah, yeah i i i it's easy for me to like identify like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking, like, I'm for sure an addict, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say similar. Yeah. Like I, I, I do have addictive tendencies. I wouldn't suck. Cause I, I know that the drinking eventually at some point, yeah, it just wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was just, all right, I'm just now addicted to this feeling and then just repeating the process. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, like even yeah with like those because I mean some of yeah street drugs you just come back and realize like it, I know he said it's this but is it actually this or is there other shit yeah, in dude, this? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like I, I, I did heroin when it was like cool, you know, when it was when it was mm. still like a, just a drug that'll get you high. Like you can still mm. overdose on it very easily, and I did a lot of times. Mm. Uh, but yeah. like like fentanyl is just completely different, you know. Like that it mm. will just just kill you um and mm. it is in everything nowadays too like it's it's you can't yeah. fuck around with like street jugs nowadays unless you test them you know you mm. have to have like a test kit yeah. ready to go you have to have uh i think it's like naloxone or something that it, it's like something that reverses overdoses like you have to have that on you when you when you use mm. drugs nowadays um 
Yeah, dude, it's it's a different game. It's a different game now. It's like a whole different world than when I was when I was yeah. like plugged into it. Um, mm. So yeah, it's scary. It's scarier nowadays. Can can be a deterrent for wanting to yeah go out and explore it. Um, but so I guess before we yeah before we wrap up, um, do you have any tips and advice for people? I mean, if if there's people listening that are addicted to heroin, or if they've got a problem with drinking or drugs or any form of like what sort of things can these can people start to implement in their lives and what um any any guidance you can give give our listeners uh, get arrested uh, <laughs> uh go to go to jail and see what that's like you, like you'll be like oh fuck i never want to come back here ever again in my entire yeah. life um but uh, um yeah i mean i don't know dude i Mm. It, a lot of it comes down to learning learning to love yourself because um you know at the end of the day that's that's kind of why i was doing it i was why i was hurting myself is i didn't i didn't love myself at all i didn't give a shit about myself uh mm. and um how do you feel about yourself today um i'm trying to be kinder to myself in my head mm. uh, definitely trying to be kinder i don't have a very like kind self monologue going on up there you know like mm. When I, when I look in the mirror, I still kind of can tell myself every once in a while, like, wow, dude, you're kind of a piece of shit, you know? Um, mm. So I do, I am trying to be kinder to myself. I'm, I'm doing therapy nowadays. Like, um, I'm in yeah. physical therapy. I'm in therapy for my brain. Uh, I'm just working on myself. That's, that's, that's really all it comes down mm. to. I just got to keep working on myself. I can't, I can't let myself uh, just be lulled into a false uh, sense of security that like, I'm just, oh, I'm mm. fine. I can't just be fine all the time. Like I actually have to like work to, to be okay. Um, and so, yeah, I, mean, I guess my, my only advice is just take care of yourself and love yourself. Cause, um, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're kind of all you got, you know? Um, mm. and, uh, I, I mean, I, if for alcoholics, I, I would, I would suggest, uh, AA if, if you can get past the whole God thing, if you're religious, do AA because that shit, you know, mm. like that will help you. And uh, but if you're not religious, just kind of kind of find a way around that and uh, just get mm -hmm. just get honest with yourself. That's that's really what I had to do. And that's that's kind yeah. of what the steps are. Just getting honest with yourself and uh, being accountable. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really got much much else to say. Just just fucking do your do your best every day and take care of yourself dude and if that if yeah, all that yeah. fails just go and get yourself handcuffed because i mean i'm telling you <laughs> and, uh, it'll be it'll be a wake-up call it's a wake-up call for sure yeah yeah absolutely well thanks for coming on today jesse appreciate you taking the time out from your busy schedule in yeah, your car yeah. to... <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go drive away to places unknown now <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's been, that was an awesome chat and I appreciate you being so open and sharing your journey. Um, I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of it. So cheers again, Thanks, mate, from all, the way, yeah. from all the way over in the USA. Yeah, America. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, it, was a good, it, was, it was a good time. Mm. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you yeah. guys hearing me out. Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been the Last Drinks Podcast. I'm Will Hitchens, and we'll see you in the next one. Cool. Peace. <laughs>